a brand new episode of the Happy Productive Podcast is about to begin. It's time to be inspired by simple and actionable solutions for you and your business. If you're an established entrepreneur or just laying down the first brick of your future empire, the mantra is the same. We will flip any failure into a positive and use it to our advantage. This show is all about turning coal into diamonds. With the right plan and mindset, anything is possible. I'm Jennifer John, your host, business coach, and founder of Best Planner Ever. And I'm here to help you achieve all your ambitious goals. Success is closer than you think. Let's do this. Hey, hey, everybody. Welcome to a new episode of the Happy Productive Podcast. I'm going to introduce today's guest, Jake, but I think it's probably inappropriate for me to say like Jakey, Jake, 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 because that's what I like to call him. (laughs) But he is so you guys are going to love him so much. So Jake is a serial media, music and hospitality entrepreneur, author and podcaster. He's the CEO and founder of Imaloa Institute in Costa Rica, which is hmm, where we're hosting our retreat this year, you guys. He was also the youngest host in late night TV history on ABC, and the White House named him one of the most innovative entrepreneurs under 30. You guys are going to love Jake. Jake, welcome to the show today. Thank you, Jennifer. Don, I'm so happy to be here with you, and they're going to have to create another award so that I can still be innovative under 40 now that I'm 36. (laughs) Whatever. It's fine. I, I know. You know why I'm particularly pleased to be here? That you started the name of your podcast with happy. And I think that happy is something, especially for business owners, CEOs, it's not necessarily a marker of success, nor is it measured through KPIs necessarily. And it seems like that, you know, through your work and the, co- you know, you're like the coach's coach, you're like the coach's whisper. It seems like your work can lead people on that path to exploring it. And I just love that that's what you, uh, what you started the name of the podcast with, Happy. Yeah. And, and that's really what it's about because they have done studies to show that people who are already happy tend to be more successful, like time and time again. The, the miserable folks who are like, if I'm successful, then I'll be happy it never works. It never works. But the people who are already happy, and that's really what it's about. I mean, guys, at the end of the day, like living your passion, doing work that you love is literally one of the key components of living a good, satisfying, fulfilling life. And so that's what it's all about, right? Mm -hmm. Thank you so much for the work that you're doing in the world. And thanks Uh, for having me on. Yeah, absolutely. I'm so excited to talk to you today about Emaloa. And I got to tell you, Jake, like I knew you were the CEO. I didn't realize that you were the founder of Emaloa. Yeah, I had had two co-founders who dropped off during COVID. We spent a year and a half or so together. And then Emaloa was sold in December, actually, to a group of three new investors, two who were already involved with the previous iteration of Emaloa. But that was really a business conundrum that I was in, certainly coming out of COVID. And The deal was structured in some sort of way where the debt was quite high on the company, which I'm happy to talk about that more. But essentially, yeah, we sold the company in December, but maintained the management, maintained the integrity of the place. And um, yeah, I'm pretty proud of the last, I mean, it's been five and a half years and they say that most companies fail on the inside of five. So I was just like trekking up the mountain to June 1, 2023, just a few months ago to make sure that I hit that. Because, you know, it's my first time, even though I've started probably dozens, if not a hundred businesses in various ways, shapes, and forms since I was 13, I've never actually built one at scale. And it's been very 
interesting to experience that uh, for the yeah. first time in my, in my life. Oh, wow. That's so exciting. And it's true. So many businesses do fail in the first year and the first five years. I once heard, um, I don't remember who it was, but he was talking about how being in business is one of the few things that the longer you're in it, the least chance of survival. <laughs> so it's almost like I survived, but um, you got to keep going. You got to keep going. So I would love to hear some of your story. Like how in the world did you even become the CEO and founder of a beautiful place like Imolo? And you guys, I have been there and this place just blew my mind, like blew my mind. I was not expecting what it ended up being and just being there for the few days that we got to be there. Um, it was literally, a, a, I, I'm not kidding when I say a transformational experience. Like I came back just physically, emotionally, spiritually on all levels, just elevated. Just the whole thing was amazing. So how in the world, like, did you come into doing this? I'd love to hear some of your story. Yeah, I think there's some practical things. And then there's some, there's some things that are, that's just kind of in the air in between the sentences. I mean, I've really explored what it looks like to be unreasonably hospitable. You know, unreasonable hospitality is really interesting to me. And part of I guess what Imaloa does, I don't, I, I wouldn't call it a secret sauce, is we've cultivated a level of love between the team, which is uncanny in the world of hospitality, certainly in Costa Rica. And what I think happens when you have a team that loves each other, I'm not saying respects each other, I'm not saying works well together. We've cultivated a sense of family amongst our team. And so people coming in, having these sensational experiences, fortunately for them and for us, are a fairly frequent thing at this point. And it has nothing to do with our operations or processes. That's the bedrock with which all of this stuff sits on. But we've gone out on the leading edge of thought, and we've discovered that if you have the personal and professional development of a team at your core, personal and professional, that includes spiritual, emotional, psychological, all the things. If you have that as part of your core, people, in this case, clients, you are our beloved client and the people that you bring are the incredible guests that will experience, or hopefully they're incredible, they're guests that will experience the incredible, I like to be authentic with what I say, you know, that they'll experience this. And we just realized that the more unreasonable we got, the more successful we became. And so obviously there's a whole backstory to that. That's a little bit of what I've started to realize over the past 12 months of our five and a half year history of why people are raving. I mean, we, the numbers just speak for themselves. Two out of three people renew. People are going on their fifth year of renewals. Like in anyone who's interested in the hospitality world knows that that is pretty unprecedented five years of renewing at the same place when retreat hosts can host anywhere they want to, it returns people to a sense of what we're most longing for, which is a longing to belong. That's what Imaloa does from a client perspective, from a guest perspective, from our team, from the marketing, from the sales. It's all tapped into that thing. And it's, I, I, wish, it was, I wish it was more complex. It's actually quite simple. So what did you do? Because I know there are people listening to this because I coach so many business owners who are like my team, I have to babysit them. They are the bane of my existence. Like I'm always having to micromanage them. Like team issues are one of the biggest problems that people face, especially as they're trying to scale their business. And so how, what's, give us something. What was something that you did to cultivate love 
not just respect, but love within your team members. This reminds me of the conversation that we had on The Jake Show when you were a guest. This idea, yeah, it's an interesting thing. I had to recognize, because it was not always this way, I was atrocious the first two years of Imaloa. I likely was going to be kicked out of the company by the shareholders. I mean, I wasn't inappropriate in terms of my behavior. I was just reckless. I was reckless. I was running my mouth. I was scared. I was fearful. I didn't know what I didn't know. I couldn't see it. I didn't have the support. And luckily, I I did something for myself. I went to Landmark and I did the Landmark forum. And then I I got something from that three days. But what I got was not just the solution to my out of control behavior. What I got is a realization that if the company, as the CEO, if the company is successful, it's not because of me, but it certainly is a reflection of what I've been willing or unwilling to look at as a human being. Mm-hmm. So, so much of the growth of Imaloa has been because I've attracted a certain senior leadership team who has been committed to a level of their own personal and professional growth as I've been committed to mine. And so together we rise. But what I'm trying to say is, and I hope I'm saying it clearly, is if you're unwilling to look at your own self and why you are the cause of the life that you've created, if you're unwilling or unable to do that, my suggestion is to pray for the willingness to be able to do that because it likely is what is holding your company back. I mean, you show me a lack of authenticity and I'll show you a failing retreat or you show me a lack of authenticity and I'll show you a failing business. Like the inability to be authentic about how inauthentic we actually are is the root of what a lot of my issues were, and I suspect a lot of business owners. And it's a really hard thing. You're taking responsibility for things that are not yours, for things that you can't quite see, for things that you haven't personally resolved within your own life, that you are starting to connect or actually having an impact on the lives of the 50 people. In Maloa's case, there are 50 of us. It's starting to have an impact. And it takes an incredible level of commitment to inquiry And if you're unable to get to that inquiry, like I said, this is what I learned in my 12-step program, praying for the willingness to be able to inquire. Because I got to tell you, I had all the sales in the world and it wasn't solving my business relationships with my partners. I had, you know, know, the brand, the, the integrity of the brand. I had all the things. And yet the company was just having a really difficult time. And it took some real you know, I had to really figure it out, both from my own personal standpoint, but also in relationship to the two co-founders that I started the company with, who obviously have made their way out of the company. So it's complex. I hope Mm -hmm. that what I'm sharing is delivering some value to folks that are listening, Mm -hmm. that it's actually about you. It's not about your COO. It's not about your business partner. It certainly is like in the moment, like, yeah, I, I had business partners that were I mean, I've, I've committed to myself to not talk about them publicly. So <laughs> I've had business partners that were challenging and yeah. brought up a lot. I thought it was all because of them. It wasn't. Yeah. It was because of my own inability to be clear with what I needed. And what I needed was to ask them to step out of the company. That's what, or, or, luckily they elected to step out, but I wasn't, it was all me. Like I was experiencing what I was experiencing because I was unwilling or unable at the time to actually express my needs. So I think now... I mean, listen, it's a lot more lonely <laughs> that I'm the sole, sole person in there. I mean, obviously, I have a, a great leadership team, and it's it would be nice to have a partner that could shoulder the weight. Of course, I was just thinking about this on my walk yesterday, but 
one thing I'm most proud of is I was able to inject this feeling of love in the company. And I was able to cultivate that because I was willing to do the work to get there so that we could reflect this love in the world. And now it just trickles all the way down. And I tell you, I think the number two reason why businesses fail, Jennifer Don, is because, and I'm going to use an analogy to Amaloa, but I hope your people get it, because all this stuff that we do at the top with the senior leadership team and the coaching and the money we invest doesn't get its way to the gardener. It doesn't make its way to housekeeping. And in the hierarchy, right, gardeners, housekeeping, like they're making everything beautiful. We treasure ours. I mean, our housekeepers are freaking going on trips to Peru and Tulum with each other. Like that's how well we pay them and how much vacation time they get off. Like we celebrate our housekeepers and our gardeners. But nonetheless, in the traditional hierarchical form, it's like, who is you should be judged as a company and you should be judging yourself as a CEO as the quality of life that the gardener, that the lowest paid people in your organization has. And so for us, I think the number two reason why businesses don't pull out of the five years is because they haven't brought this strategy and this vision and this, you know, inclusive behavior that we all have at the top in the C-suites. They haven't gotten it to the damn gardener. And my coaches made sure that I was getting it to the gardener. And that has cultivated an incredible sense of love, ownership, fellowship across the organization. This is such a great conversation to be having, Jennifer Don. I know it is so great. And I know right now we're helping so many people because they're listening to this and they're looking at the problems that they have with their team. And it is so easy to point a finger and be like, it's them, it's them, it's them, but it isn't, it's us. And we always have to remember that, you know, if we're pointing a finger at somebody else, we have at least three more that are pointing back at us. And, oh, and, you know, as a coach, of course, this is the kind of work that we do all the time. We don't always tell the client, like they come in and they're like, I have a problem with my whatever. Great, we can help you with that. But the secret, the truth is that we're going to work on you. Even if you think it's the problem with somebody else, we're going to work on you as the problem first. And that's how we're going to solve the problem. But it's very interesting to me. I love what you're saying so much because I kind of stumbled into this a little bit when we first started doing retreats with my team. So it was a couple of years ago and we were just like renting a house and bringing some people in, but I would bring in a lot of my coaches, like my, my team. So my coach to client ratio was like, you know, four to one. And the clients were, of course, loving it because all the coaches were there. But I found that my team, when we came together, because we're all virtual, we're spread out all over the country. We're all virtual. And so we, we see each other on Zoom all the time, or we're just all working, serving clients, and we might see each other in a team meeting. But we, we, it wasn't that like face-to-face, like being in a room, belly laughing, just like until you had to pee your pants, like, and having these amazing experiences that I felt my team grow and my team get so much closer together. And so we kind of like stumbled into that a little bit. And that's when I'm like, you know what? Every retreat we do... I'm going to basically bring my team. And even though we're there serving our clients, it becomes a team building exercise for us. And just the loyalty, the camaraderie, the just loving each other and treating each other like a family has skyrocketed because even in in as a virtual team, like we can't get together all the time, but even just once a year, being able to all come together and have that amazing experience has, has shifted the dynamic of my entire team. A thousand percent. Thank you so much for not accepting the status quo on this. I feel like that in a post-2020 world, we have accepted as leaders that we're just virtual. We hired um, our COO, who I think you know on our team, Jen Christie. She's out of Arizona. You've met Jen, I assume. She's awesome. 
that's how much I know about what's happening in my company. I don't know who's meeting who, but yeah. So <laughs> Jen, we, we hired about a year and a half ago. She had a background as OO, as an operator and sales. And she also had a background in transformation with Tony Robbins's mastermind.com. Tony and Dean Grazioso do mastermind.com. Mm-hmm. And I remember in our interview, I said, so how are you fulfilled doing all this virtual work for the past 10 years? Like she was virtual before that. She's like, well, I don't know if, I don't know if it's supposed to be fun or fulfilling. Like it's just, it's just work. I mean, it's just what we're like, I don't know how to make virtual fun. I said, I am going to teach you how to make virtual fun. And I didn't know how I was going to do it, but I could yearn. I could hear the yearning. Yeah. You know, my life has caused me in my own pursuit or my own recognition of longing to belong, I have like spidey senses when I sense that someone wants more for themselves but doesn't yet have it. And I'm not so codependent that I'm out there trying to create it for them. But when she said that she would like that, she just doesn't know how it's possible. I said, well, I don't know how it's possible either, but let's create it together. And I'll be damned if I haven't altered my financial forecasts and budgets to make sure that her and the other remote team come together Every four months during a fam trip, we use the familiarization trips, which you were at Imaloa for. Mm -hmm. We use that as an opportunity for our team to deepen. And the, not only the, there's an ROI to that, there's a momentum to that, there's a joy to that, but there's a deep satisfaction and fulfillment. We cannot accept the status quo that we're all to be talking to each other on boxes and that that's the extent of the eight or so hours that we're working to quote unquote, impact the world. We have to start with ourselves. And I love that you do that with your team. Yeah, it's made such a huge difference. And I will continue to do that. I, I know a few weeks ago, I was working with a client and he was talking about his um, long-term profit sharing plan, which great, we, we got that all worked out and figured out. But he was asking me like, what do you do as far as like bonuses or something like that for your people? And I'm like, I really, I divide it up equally. Like, just because you're a coach and you make this much or you're a part of the executive team and you earn this much and you're an administrative or a VA or somebody down here making this much, I don't care. Like if you're part of this company's success, you're going to be compensated equally across the board. And that in a lot of businesses is not the case. You see the leadership team with, you know, the extra vacation, the extra salary, the bigger bonus, and everybody below them not really being compensated as well. So I just love so much what you said about, you know, you got to make sure it gets down to the gardener and that the gardener is compensated and treated well, because that's really what is going to make your company successful. And I just hope everybody really hears this, that we can't, Okay, we can't be so money hungry. And just like the top is getting rich off of the backs of the of the bottom. Like, we just can't do this. We have to run our companies, I think, more ethically, more responsibly and take care of all of our people so that we all win, we all succeed. And that's how you create a truly exceptional company. Totally agree. And I think you've just planted an idea for me to revisit how we bonus. So thank you. You're welcome. Talk to me a little bit about the retreat experience because we had done our retreats here locally in the United States. This is actually our first international retreat. This is our first retreat center, the first time we've gone somewhere, which I love. All the logistics are being handled. And you guys bringing us out as hosts so that we could see the place was brilliant because I can speak to it. I can, you know, sell it. I can do these things because I've actually been there and experienced it. But I was, I was shocked. I was shocked at how amazing this experience was and 
When I got on the plane to go home, first of all, of course, nobody wants to leave. Secondly, the food is so ridiculous. You're just like, all I want to do is just sit down and see what they come up with next because they just keep wowing me and wowing me every time I sit down for a meal and it's all prepared for you. But I mean, even in those short days, and I wasn't really even there to do to work on myself. I was just there to experience it for our retreat. But like you see people coming in week after week after week. And what are the benefits to getting away from everything, attending a retreat? Like, what do you see? Because you see this all the time of the benefits that people experience from coming on a retreat like this. First of all, I'm so happy that was your experience, truly. It's such a testimony, I think, to the team, to the nature, to our deepest desires to reconnect with ourselves. And sometimes nature mirrors that to us. Um, And I guess that in commenting on that, that's also part of the recipe of why people are having such an extraordinary experience at Imaloa on retreat. Look, when I was a kid in Maine, my dad told me that we were going to go on a retreat and it was with a bunch of other kids of divorce. And it was at this hotel in Bethel, Maine, which is in the middle of the mountains. And I just remember there was a comedian there and then there was like some group stuff. And then we got to swim in the pool. And that was the first experience that I had had with the retreat before I created Imaloa. I had never attended a retreat before, which I know sounds wackadoodle to most people, but I had had a background in podcasting and television, media, all this music. And I can talk separately about what inspired Imaloa, but what I saw with retreats as we started is it's fundamentally just a deep desire to be able to connect with one another and to connect with ourselves. I took the spiritual woo-woo out of it. I took the business out of it. I took the even the theme of retreats out of it. And I looked at what people were actually getting. I lived on Maui at the time and people would come to my home in Maui for their own private retreats. And I wouldn't broadcast it. I didn't charge for it. I just kept my doors unlocked in Maui and just invited people to show up if they wanted to because I knew Maui's an expensive place and I wanted to be of service. I had an Airbnb in the backyard that was producing all the income I would ever need. And so I I had this 4,000 square foot home, so I decided to be of service with it. And I recognize human beings, their desire is actually to feel at home in their transformation. So your transformation didn't come necessarily at Imaloa because you intended to have a transformation over the three-day or four-day familiarization trip. Your transformation, I believe, whatever you looked at or were able to break through on, Jennifer Don, was because you felt a sense of home. And that is intentional on our part. It's why the love component is so important among our team. It's why the gourmet food is so important because we want you to feel at home. We want your shoulders to relax and for your heart to open back up for you to experience serenity, which is being in the eye of the hurricane, that calmness and tranquility that comes. So as it relates to more broadly, the retreat groups, what's happening is people come into a place that they expect to feel foreign. It does. There's a sense of danger. And I don't mean like impending doom. I mean, it's in a foreign place in a jungle on a mountain. Like it's not quite like Kansas anymore or not quite like La Jolla. Okay. But then on the other hand of that, so you have that wild sort of, you know, again, I'm calling it dangerous, but it's, it's, it's more mentally dangerous than it is anything. Yeah. And then you have the other side, which is like, oh, these people are so friendly. Oh, wait a minute. I can just lounge around. Oh, wait, I have food whenever I want it or need it. Oh, wait, they're not nickel and diming me for things. Like everything's just included. Like it would be if I was a guest in someone's home. Oh my God, there's the ocean. Oh, there's the nature. Oh my God, I'm at a waterfall. 
oh, I'm exploring new things. Your brain is firing off on so many different levels before they even get to the content of what you're sharing, for example, at your retreats. I believe you're in December, right? You're joining in December? End of October. End of October. I'm sorry. Uh, I have 200 retreats in my head. I'm sorry. It's all good. (laughs) End of October. Oh my gosh, you're coming. It's like right around the corner. Soon, soon. So you're really able to, even before they get to your first workshop, they've had a profound experience that likely will be with them a lifetime because you're just able to see things from a new vantage point. And if you're combine that with an intention, whether it's for your business, for your life, for your romantic relationship. I mean, if you combine an intention with the already awe-inspiring surrounding that you're in, and then you add the level of mastery that you're coming in with on top of that as, as a coach, as a lead coach, as a retreat host, I mean, it's this recipe for total transformation. And you're cleansing, you're opening your heart, right? There's the heart brain. Your brain is stimulated. Your gut is being nourished. I mean, these are the three brains really that we have going on. You combine, I mean, it's like, it's like the perfect storm. Every retreat is like a perfect storm. Luckily, we show up in the way that, we show up in a way that is supportive, but it also is like healthy. Like we're not, codependent. We're not fawning after you or your guests, but we are so ready to serve. And so, yeah, it's like this, it's fun to dissect the recipe. I don't really get to do that in conversation with people, but as I see it, it really is like this recipe of many different ingredients that we have figured out how to bring to people and to touch people's hearts with. It's, it's kind of exciting and wonderful for guests as well, who can come and really have a transformation. Like it becomes a priceless experience, whatever you're charging. I guarantee you, nobody will have a second thought on the sixth day of the retreat on what they invested because what they will have received, whether it's a breakthrough or clarity or a heart opening or whatever, is worth, it's priceless. It's worth so much more than what they will have paid you for it. It's so, so true. I I think my biggest struggle is to put it into words, like how amazing mm-hmm. it is. Because I keep saying like, just trust me, like, it's going to be the most amazing transformative experience you've ever experienced. But it's just like, I feel like a schmuck saying that, but it's so true. Because even just the couple days I was there, and now we get to go and be there for six days. Like the transformation in me was remarkable. Like, I don't like to network, Jake, I'm an introvert, put me in a room full of strangers. Now put me on a stage speaking in front of 1000s of people, not a problem. Put me in a room with 10 or 15 or 20 people I've never met and I have to make small talk. I'm just like, <laughs> I don't want to have to do this. And so we show up with, you know, all of these hosts and it's all strangers and I don't know anybody. And by the end of the couple of days, we're all like best friends. Everybody's hugging each other, uh, taking pictures. I mean, it was just crazy how how close you felt to so many people after such a short period of time and how you really did feel like family and you just felt so nourished and so just cherished and taken care of. And it truly was so magical. And like, guys, if you're going to do the work on yourself, like get out of your day to day. Like you got to go somewhere fabulous. If you want to create a fabulous business and a fabulous life, you got to go somewhere fabulous to get those creative juices flowing and do that kind of work in a fabulous place. You can't do it in your rut, (laughs) in your day-to-day grind. You can't. And for everybody who says, oh, I don't have the time, I don't have the money, that's bullshit. And it's just keeping you stuck where you are. 
you can find the time, you can find the money, and you can do this work if you're really committed to your own growth, to your own success, to the growth of your business. And, and in my world, like having attended retreats these last few years and creating them for our clients, like it's it's a must. And my my world is just like, you have to do this if you really want to up level. It's a necessary component. Totally. And you'll you'll see... I've been tracking, I just spent a month in India in March and April doing what's called a Panchakarma at an Ayurvedic hospital. It's a 5,000 year old tradition. It nearly put me over the edge. I mean, it was really something else. It was a total body reset, rest and restore. I had been finding reasons to not do this since 2019, even though I really wanted to do it. Finally, I bit the bullet, right? The, the flight, it's too long of a flight. It's expensive. I can't take a month off, da, 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 all the things, all the things. And finally, I bit the bit the whatever it is, bit the bullet and did it. And the reason why I'm sharing this with you and anyone that may be thinking about a retreat or exploring is the return on that investment, because I'm tracking it. Not only is my physical body, like I don't have anxiety anymore. There are many things that that trip transformed for me. My ability to earn from a place of truly being rested and restored has transformed. Like I'm able to create sources of revenue now and I attribute it directly to what I got from that India trip. Like the ROI, but that India trip was in March and April and here we are six or seven months later. So, you know, it's not something where you put in a dollar and you get two out the next day. But I guarantee that people that invest in themselves in this way, who get clear with the intention, especially with someone like Jennifer, who you've been doing this for so long, And then if you track the next six to 12 months, like go in with a particular intention, track the next six to 12 months, just bear witness to what happens. And then if you're, if you're at all concerned about the return or that it doesn't make sense, the investment, just follow the data, like get out of your head enough with the emotions and just follow the data of it. And then once you see that, A, you'll be a client of Jennifer's for life, but also B, you'll start to see This investment in self is not just some woo-woo language where you have to invest in yourself in order to take yourself to the next step. It actually is fostering the next step, however you're investing in yourself, whether it's a retreat or personal development course or whatever it is. Um, There's a reason why people like Jennifer and hundreds of Imaloa hosts are inviting you to invest in yourself. There's a magic there that you can't see fully until you do it and until you experience what that's like on the other side of it. Yeah, exactly. For me, I was just like, for years, it was like, wow, it'd be great to go on a retreat. But you know, excuse, excuse, excuse. And now that I've experienced it for myself, it's just like such a, it has to be done, because it's just part of growth. It's part of scaling. It's part of being a leader in my company. It's just part of doing this stuff. And that's what's happened just from experiencing it for myself. And it is hard to put it into words, because it's truly so so magical. When I came back from Imaloa, I can't even count the number of people that said to me, what did you do? Like, you're just glowing. You just look amazing. And even the team, my team was just like, Jennifer, holy crap. Like you came back with all this clarity, just came back on fire. I'm writing a new book. And I had been, it had been like on the back burner for a long time. And at Imaloa, I was just like, I know what I want it to be about now. And it just started coming to me and it'll be out in January. And it just like, those kinds of things happen when you get out of your day to day and put yourself in an environment like this to really work on yourself and to up level and to attract greater things. Um, And you make this investment in yourself and you do, there's just such a huge ROI on it. And it happens over a period of time. 
Totally. Totally. Yeah. I love that this was your experience and then now you can stand for it in the way that you can. Yeah, absolutely. Jake, I appreciate you being here with me so much today. You shared so much value with our audience. Can you tell everybody where they can find out more about Imaloa? Yeah, sure. Of course, we're very active on Instagram, TikTok, YouTube at Institute, And I am on many of those platforms at Jake Sassaville. It's so great to be able to, I like it. You're like, there's a term that my COO has, Jennifer, and that is be brief, be brilliant, be gone. And I feel like that that's what this podcast is. It's like, boom, and we're done. <laughs> there you go. Because we've said it, right? And it's true. Be brief, be brilliant, be done. I love it. I'm going to use that. I'm going to steal that from you guys. It's perfect. That's great. Awesome. All right, you guys, that's it for today's episode. Get out there, book a retreat, y'all. Like if you haven't uh, clued in, like it's so, so, so good on so many levels for your personal development, your professional development. So get out there, book a retreat. That's it. Signing out, Jennifer and Jake, get out there and have a happy, productive day, y'all. Bye. Thank you. I hope you found today's episode of the Happy Productive Podcast inspiring. Every successful business is formed by a set of small, consistent, and attainable steps. If you want to learn more, come visit us at jenniferdawncoaching.com to take your next step and learn how to meet your business goals. On our website, you're going to find free resources along with links to the life-changing coaching programs that have transformed the lives of so many of our clients, including the Coaching Academy and our Unbreakable Retreats. Many of them started their journey by listening to this podcast podcast. That's it. Thank you for listening and stay tuned for our next episode. This is the She Leads Podcast Network.